What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron. Today, we're going to talk through my must buy and sell trade targets for week 10 of the fantasy football season. Now, I'm not going to lie. It's a little bit sad. I think we're only going to do this trade target video, a trade target video next week, and then that's going to be it. So we're going to make sure that we play the hits here, give you guys some big boy trade targets to get your teams together before the trade deadline, make these playoff pushes. So with all that being said, we have a lot to get into. As always, if you enjoy, make sure down below, subscribe, leave a like. Let's go. Now, like I said, we're going to play the hits today. All right. Our first trade target here. We're going to go through probably like a couple buys, a few sells. I think there's going to be seven players in total here. But first up. We have Brees Hall. Now, Brees Hall has been great. He's been amazing, but there is this big stink around the Jets right now. Okay, they like pretty much what happened. They laid a big egg on prime time. They looked awful versus the Chargers. But what you guys have to understand, the Jets have looked like this all season long. You just saw it up close and personal on an island game. Like there seems to be a lot of negativity around the Jets right now, which don't get me wrong. I want Zach Wilson out of there. I want to see what Trevor Simeon's looking like. I'm mad we didn't trade for Josh Dobbs or trade for Jacoby Brissett or sign a Carson Wentz. I'm mad about all of it, but it seems like all of that is really amplified right now. Now, a lot of respect for Noah. Noah Pierce, uh, he used to work with BDGE. He would do content over there. He's somebody that I followed and sort of looked up to early on in my career. He now works with Underdog, and he's somebody that uh, I have fun with on Twitter. But I, I, I wanted to show this tweet because I think there's a lot of people out there that sort of see this and sort of feel the same way as Noah here. So he says, Brees Hall has had four usable fantasy weeks thus far. Week one where he broke off two big plays. Week five, he dominated Denver. Week six, inefficient on the ground. Day saved by a walk-in touchdown that Philly let him score. Week eight, day saved by massive catch and run TD. The most overvalued running back in fantasy football. And there's just a lot of this panic that I'm seeing on the timeline of the Jets have one of the worst offenses of football. This is all going to far. That was a weird thing to say, but this is all going to fall apart. You know, the offensive line sucks. The, the sky is falling. But here's the thing with Brees Hall. First of all, I think it's tough to just like remove his big explosive plays. That's what Brees Hall does. He's one of maybe five running backs that can do that on a replicable basis. You know, he is sort of similar to Kenneth Walker where his success rate is not going to be high, right? It's not going to be consistent every play, but it's going to be, you know, maybe a three-yard carry, a two-yard carry, a four-yard carry, and then it's going to be a 25-yard carry. I don't really think he should be penalized for that. And then also what Brees Hall does... He's always been in this environment. The Jets over his entire career, right? Brees Hall was a rookie last year. They have sucked over that entire span. Like, this is not anything new uh, for Brees Hall playing in a bad environment with Zach Wilson at quarterback and a suspect offensive line. We could see Brees Hall, he has only played over 50% of the snaps in eight games in his entire career, right? You have week three, week four, week five, week six in 2022. You have week five, week six, week eight, week nine in 2023. Over those four games, he averages 19.9 points per game. That would be the RB4 in 2023, which is pretty damn good. And you can assume off of the ACL, 50% of the snaps is going to carry forward. On top of that, Zach Wilson has played in seven of those eight games that Brees Hall has had 50% or more of the snaps in. The offensive line has been suspect the entire time. All of these things have been there, and Brees Hall is still balled out. So I think, again... It's not pretty to watch, you know. It's going to be stressful to watch. I, as a Jets fan, I if you have Brees Hall on your on your fantasy team, I implore you to just watch Red Toad and wait for him to take 
you know, one of the long runs or catches to the house and just not watch what I have to sit through every week. But this is what it's been the entire time. I just, again, I just think it was really amplified on primetime and people really have a sour taste in their mouth. Maybe they want to get out of the Jets offense entirely. And again, I get that, but Brees Hall is a special talent. Now, I also want to say the Jets have had the toughest schedule in the NFL thus far. This is from Sumer Sports. Sumer Sports just takes into account, they have like ELO ratings for each team. So just like, it's just like a number value of how, how good every team is. And they give you an average of that. Who's played the toughest schedule thus far? In the New York Jets in first place. Now, the good news is, is that they have the 18th toughest schedule moving forward, which is like league average, right? So things should lighten up. There should be more positive game scripts. It's a 17 rank change from, you know, first toughest to 18th toughest. So that's a great thing for them as well. And then there's also this narrative that the Jets offensive line sucks. And don't get me wrong, the pass protection is suspect, right? They have like a bottom five, five pass protection offensive line. But as a run blocking unit, they have been great, right? This is a... Uh, run block ratings composite from uh, Ben Baldwin. He does he's Computer Cowboy on Twitter or whatever. He puts this together every single week. This takes into account PFF grade, your Sports Info Solution grade, and your ESPN uh, run block win rate. And the Jets have a top ten run blocking offensive line. Now they looked really bad on primetime. That's because they had this guy at right tackle, Billy Turner. He's never played right tackle for the Jets before he absolutely sucks. That's not going to be the case moving forward. Now, I don't usually know anything about the trenches, but because it's the Jets, I know about the trenches there. We're going to have Dwayne Brown back soon, which should move from the left tackle, move Mekhi Becton out to right tackle. Mekhi Becton's been like the lone bright spot of this offensive line. Joe Tidman's getting healthy. Connor McGovern's getting healthy. This offensive line, when healthy, is a good unit in terms of run block. And they also uh, established a run Brandon Thorne's a great analyst. He uh, does offensive line work over there. He ranked the Jets offensive line as 18th in the NFL in his midseason rankings update. So to me, like it's not it's not a revolving door at offensive line like some people might lead you to believe. Now, is there going to be heavier boxes because Zach Wilson is there? Yes, but I think that the offensive line is going to sort of get it together here soon as they're getting more healthy parts here. McGovern's been hurt. Dwayne Brown's been hurt. They've been sort of moving around. Like, that was the first game where they had uh, this Billy Turner guy at right tackle. They usually have Max Mitchell there. They moved him to right guard. And it was kind of an absolute shit show on the right side of the offensive line. Now, I say all that to say offensive line isn't as bad as you think. Their schedule lightens up moving forward. Brees Hall is averaging 20 points per game in his eight career games where he's been in this anemic offense, like awful environment the entire time. So to me, he's an RB5, or not RB5, but I think that he is like my RB5 moving forward. He's a top five running back for me rest of the season. So if you can buy him low from anybody that just like watched the Jets absolutely struggle on primetime, I think you should. Now, when we talk about what kind of trades you can get with Brees Hall, um, there's a lot to sort of choose from here. Now, this is Fantasy Calc. We've been using this the last few weeks, but, you know, search over a million real fantasy football trades. It's a trade database, essentially. Uh, it's fantasycalc.com. It takes into account real fantasy trades. We have uh, trades that are either one for two or, 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 you know, one for two or one for one trades, one quarterback, 12 teamer, half and full PPR. Now, what can you get Brees Hall? What, what can you pay for Brees Hall? I actually would have no problem playing Garrett Wilson and Rashad White. I know Rashad White's getting some steam. Uh, he's been a sell for me in, in, in recent weeks. I, I will say that his usage has been a lot better than the last three weeks. But if I can add to Rashad White and get to Brees Hall, I absolutely would. If I could sell DeAndre Swift to get to Brees Hall, I would. DeAndre Swift, uh, his usage has been a little bit shaky here. They just got Rashad Penny back into the mix. Uh, I, I don't mind DeAndre Swift, but DeAndre Swift is probably more like RB10, 11 for me, whereas Brees Hall is more of like RB5. Uh, Kenneth Walker and DJ Moore is very expensive to me. I, I, I don't hate it. Um, I don't mind this tier down from CeeDee Lamb to Amon Ross St. Brown and Brees, but I don't think that that's actually going to be possible in most spots. 
Uh, Jameer Gibbs and Najee Harris. I think I would do that for Brees Hall, uh, but that's really close. I wouldn't love to sell uh, Jameer Gibbs at this point. I don't mind. I actually love a move like this. If you can take Gus Edwards and add like another piece, like Olave is a substantial piece, but if you could add somebody in this Olave range, plus a Gus Edwards move up to Brees Hall all day, if you could do the same thing with Jerome Ford, where it's like Jerome Ford and a guy like Waddle to go get Brees Hall, I would. I would do Kenneth Walker straight up for him. I don't know if that's on the table. I would do Josh Jacobs straight up for Brees Hall. I think Bijan for Brees Hall is, is tough. Josh Jacobs for Brees Hall, that one's probably more of a wash than I'm giving it credit for um, on first. Look, we'll go to the second page real quick. I am curious to see uh, what else is happening here. Uh, if you can take Jahan Dotson instead of Brian Robinson, if you could do more of like a, you know, Rashad White, uh, something in that area, I wouldn't hate it. I would do Derrick Henry for Brees Hall straight up. Uh, I actually love something like this. Again, Rashad White in a wide receiver piece like Deontay or Amari Cooper, something like that, to get to Brees Hall. I would do that all day long. Now, our second buy target here is, again, we're playing the hits. Again, we're only doing this for another week or two. I'm not going to give you guys scrubs to go after. And this one's not for the faint of heart, okay? If you can't if you can't take the heat, get out the kitchen. It's Bijan Robinson. Look, you should be buying Bijan Robinson. I know that it's ugly. I know that it's tough. Arthur Smith, I... I went off on him for 10 minutes on Monday's show. But what it comes down to is perception around this Falcons offense. And Arthur Smith has never been lower, which means we should be buying Bijan Robinson in theory. But what I'm trying to say is if you aren't someone that can take the headache of Arthur Smith, don't go after Bijan Robinson. And this should really be if your team is good, right? If your team is so what, we're like nine games into the year. If you're like seven and two, yeah, if you're like seven and two, six and three, and you don't need like it, it shouldn't be paying up for Bijan. It should be like you're in a spot where maybe there's a guy who's struggling right now, and you can kind of take on Bijan and take these struggles right now because back half of the season we're going to talk about in a little bit really opens up for him. Like it wouldn't shock me if Bijan's last five games are like tr is like a truly league winning stretch here. But we have. This weird stretch of games for Bijan. We have a bye week next week. So this isn't, you don't buy Bijan to turn your season around is what I'm trying to say. You buy Bijan as a luxury buy, as a good team, and you try and buy him on the cheap and you add, you know, can you do Najee, can you do like a Najee Harris and Deontay Johnson and get Bijan or something, you know, like a two for one where you're really buying low on someone that's really frustrated. Now, Bijan's been good. Like that's not a controversial opinion. It's really been more Arthur Smith, but you can see here, uh, Jacob Gibbs has a tweet. Uh, he has pretty much stats for the backfield yards before contact per rush. Bijan 1.73, Algier 0.3. So he's just getting more out of his offensive line there. Um, NFL average is 1.27. Like Algier is just getting hit so early on his runs. Like how he's getting all this usage doesn't make sense. Um, short yardage rushing. You have uh, success rate. Bijan Robinson 50, 65%, Algier 57%. He's been more effective in short yard, explosive rush percentage. Bijan's been more explosive. So Bijan is utilizing his offensive line better. He's more explosive. He's better in short yardage. The Tyler Algier usage has been troubling, but at least it hasn't been working, right? At least the Falcons haven't been winning. They're in probably their worst stretch of the season right now. Uh, they are, shout out to Rich Rebar, they are 9 of 17 in their goal-to-go possessions for touchdown, 30th in the league because they just give weird carries to Jonu Smith and Tyler Algier but you have to you have to imagine at some point it's not working there will be change right like Arthur Smith is now coaching for his job he is comfortably on the hot seat they are not winning games something has to give here now Bijan gets a really nice bounce back spot here he gets the Cardinals this week who are allowing the third most fantasy points to, to running back so hopefully you get a 
pop off here. He goes into the bye week, and then you get a dream schedule down the stretch for Bijan Robinson, where this is from uh, JJ Zacharyson's data dump he does on his Patreon. It's very, very cool. Um, and this is his playoff strength of schedule. And he has the Falcons as having the second easiest strength of schedule in the playoff weeks among all running backs, where they are going up against this three-game stretch is actually wild. They're going up against the Panthers, who allow the second-most fantasy points to running backs, the Colts, who allow the fifth-most fantasy points to running backs, and the Bears, who allow the eighth-most fantasy points to running backs. So again, if he can have a great game versus the Cardinals by week, he gets like a little bit of a tough stretch there, and then can become the main back, featured back, and he has that three-game stretch, he could have 20 points in every single one of those games, and it wouldn't be all that shocking. This is still Bijan Robinson. He's explosive. He's efficient. He leads all running backs in routes. He's third in running back targets right now. It's just that the targets since Taylor Heineke has come in, the targets have been there. The catches have not. I imagine they're going to get on the same page here soon. I think that better days are ahead. Again, if if you're not, if you can't, again, if you can't handle the Bijan experience, it's not for everybody, uh, but if you're in a spot where your team is good and you're not making a trade to save your season, I think you should go after Bijan Robinson. Now, if we look at what trades are going on with Bijan on Fantasy Calc, I imagine a lot of people are panicking and selling him for nothing. Garrett Wilson and Don Kincaid, I would do that in literally a heartbeat. Uh, Michael Thomas and Raheem Mostert, I would do that all day. Kyron Williams and Darrell Henderson, if somebody wants the Rams backfield, yes. Pittman and Singletary, yes, I would do that. James Cook and Taysom Hill, I would do that. Um... I'm not I'm not keen on selling Travis Etienne, but if like this was ever on the table, Bijan and Gibbs, I would give it a thought. Uh, Devontae Smith for Bijan straight up, I would do that. Uh, Mixon for Bijan straight up, I would. What else? Rashad White and T. Higgins is very close for me. I think that that's too expensive. Like I I think I would pay that, but I think on the market that's not where he should be going. If that makes sense, like that's a bit of an overpay. Again, I would do Devontae Smith. I would do Gibbs straight up for him. Uh, something like this where you could take a Brian Robinson or Javante and add another piece. Like, I think it'd make more sense if, like, one of these was more like a, I don't know, like a DeAndre Hopkins or Deontay Johnson or Marquise Brown instead of two running backs. Uh, if Najee or Ross, I mean, that's just insanity. Uh, like, some of these you can't even believe, to be honest. What else? David Montgomery and Calvin Ridley is very close. I think I would pay that. I think I would pay that, but that's about, like, the the most expensive that I'd be willing to go. Uh, Najee McLaurin, I think, is also a perfect representation of like a nice two-for-one uh, that you can maybe explore with Bijan. Again, I'm not saying that this will get accepted, but maybe you turn Najee Harris into Jerome Ford or Rashad White and you try that. Uh, but something like that. I think using Tank Dell, I love Tank Dell. I don't think that he's necessarily a sell. But if you can add Tank Dell to your Rashad White and get Bijan, I think that that's definitely on the table uh, coming off of that. Pretty crazy game for Tank Dell. Rashad White's been on a hot streak. That's the kind of stuff I'd be exploring for Bijan. Now, our next buy candidate here is going to be DK Metcalf. Now, he was on here last week. Again, we're playing the hits. Some of these are repeats, but I think it's worth sort of giving you guys uh, updates on how I feel about these guys. DK Metcalf, it's pretty simple. We talked about it last week. He's been getting peppered with targets. It just hasn't been turning into fantasy points recently. This is a chart from uh, Hayden Winks over Underdog Fantasy. He's great. And this is just expected happy BR points per game across the bottom actual happy BR points across the y-axis and you can see DK Metcalf should be at about 15 happy BR points per game which would be about a top 12 wide receiver here instead he's at eight so he's underperforming that by six points per game which is why he's like in this almost like a tier of his own on this graphic um, when it comes to these regression candidates from Hayden Winks now if we look at PPR he's the wide receiver 10 in point PPR points per or er, he's the wide receiver 10 in PPR expected points per game since week six 
at 17.9. He has just 9.5 actually scored in that span. The wide receiver, 49. So his volume, right, expected points per game. I should explain that. It's just your targets, your A dot, your red zone targets. How many points should you be putting up? Since week six, he should be at 17.9 points per game. Instead, he's at 9.5. Uh, I do believe in this offense kind of rebounding here. I know that this was an awful, awful week versus the Ravens. They lost 37-3, to but I think that's the perfect time to swoop in, buy low. This passing offense, they want to pass the ball a ton. I do believe that Geno isn't as bad as he was in this game. I think he's going to have a little bit of a bounce back here. So I do like the idea of, bounce, uh, of buying him, especially in this bounce back spot versus the Commanders this week, a team that is allowing the third most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. Now, when we talk about what you can buy, uh, how low you can buy DK Metcalf. He does still have some name value, but I don't mind sort of kicking around on DK Metcalf. Yeah, if you can take one of these, if you can take a, a, a like waiver running back like Jerome Ford or Gus Edwards and get DK Metcalf, like assuming that Jerome Ford or Gus Edwards isn't your RB2 in like a hero RB build, like let's say you have, I don't know, let's say you have like ETN and Brees Hall and like Jerome Ford is someone that you like flex from time to time or Gus Edwards is someone you flex from time to time. See if you can turn that into DK Metcalf as like a strong flex option uh, in that scenario. Puka Nakua for DK Metcalf, I would do that these days. Olave for Metcalf, I think is pretty lateral, so I wouldn't. Uh, what else sticks out? If I could do Marquise Brown for DK Metcalf straight up, I would. Uh, Gabe Davis and Dalton Schultz. I don't mind Dalton Schultz, but I imagine there's some of you guys out there that have like Dalton Schultz and Jake Ferguson or Dalton Schultz and Kyle Pitts or uh, Dalton Schultz and Sam Laporta. If you can turn Dalton Schultz and like a piece like Gabe Davis into Metcalf, uh, I don't mind that at all. If anybody's still holding out hope on Kyron Williams, I don't mind Kyron Williams, but I am skeptical. He's had ankle issues dating all the way back to college. We don't have complete clarity on Stafford. If you're in a spot where you need to win right now, uh, I don't mind adding Kyron Williams to a lesser wide receiver to get Metcalf. What else makes sense? CD for Metcalf and Brees, I would do, but I don't know that that's on the table. Uh, what else? Nothing else really sticks out here. Nico Collins and Kareem Hunt for DK Metcalf. I would actually do that as well. Addison and Miles Sanders for Metcalf. I think I would too. And then Gus Edwards again. Those like waiver wire running backs, 100% would make that happen. Now, our next player we're going to talk about, our last buy candidate here is Devin Achan. Now, this one's pretty simple. Like you don't, you guys don't need any crazy analysis on this one. Devin Achan is... The technically the RB1 in points per game with 25.4 points per game. He was absolutely lighting it up as a rookie. Then he gets hurt. Now, this is again a luxury buy. Similar to Bijan Robinson, you should be 6-3, and 7-2, and 8-1, and one, something like that. And you should approach the A-Chan team. If they're 3-6 and six or they're 4-5 and five and they need a win and they can't afford to have A-Chan uh, his buy, then he has to get up to speed. Like if they don't, if it's very clear that they don't have time to wait for that, I think you should approach them and just kind of see what you can do uh, because it seems like A-Chan is going to be just fine. Like, this is a report from Deepak Chona. He is a uh, he was like a sports surgeon out of Harvard. Smart dude. He said Devon, I don't know why I said Devon, but Devon A-Chan, his injury average recovery is three weeks. So injury reserve was just a uh, conservative measure. Expect return week 11 after the week 10 buy at full strength and low re-injury risk. So there's no risk there. Again, it's just something where if somebody's in a bad spot and they need a win very badly, you should approach them and give them uh, something that can sort of win them this week. Now, when we look at the trade offers that we're seeing on Fantasy Calc, that's pretty much what you can do. Like, I, I love this deal of Rashad White for Devin Achan. I would do that all day long. Any of these Rashad Whites, uh, Ramondre Stevensons, Jerome Fords, Gus Edwards, and like a small piece on top, uh, I don't mind those whatsoever. Like Gus Edwards, Nico Collins for Achan. I would do that all day long. 
Uh, if somebody needs a tight end, Evan Ingram, sure. What else sticks out? I would do Derrick Henry, but I don't think you have to. I, I, I personally would prefer A-Chan rest of the season, but I think you can get something on top of A-Chan uh, for that price. What else? Like Amari Cooper, I don't mind. If you have a wide receiver that you're not really playing in your lineup, uh, I don't hate that. But again, I would like these deals that are more like Rashad White, Jerome Ford, uh, those like kind of bench running backs uh, that aren't really getting used a ton. What else is in here? Now, I think that some of you guys would be like, well, Ron, like if that's the case, then how come you didn't buy him uh, weeks ago? But maybe a guy was like four and one weeks ago, and now he's four and five. You know, it's not quite, it, it's not quite that cut and dry. Like somebody that didn't want to sell A-Chan three weeks ago might want to sell him now because their team's in a tough spot. I would do Montgomery for A-Chan straight up. If I if I wasn't starting Montgomery or if I if I had the luxury to wait for A-Chan to come back, I personally would. So I would just kind of look around, see see what, what where the uh, HN owner's head is at and kind of see if you can, you know, give him players that are slanted more towards this week with like great matchups, right? Like the Falcons are playing the Cardinals, maybe find something uh, almost like DFS plays and kind of give him those for HN. Now, after that, we have a small little promo to talk about. We have Underdog Fantasy. They sponsor this video. They sponsor the entire channel. You can see the sign in the back. Underdog Fantasy is the best. You, of course, have fantasy drafts and best ball drafts on there. Uh, you can get into Battle Royales where you pretty much draft players for the given week. But they also have new customer specials like pretty much every week where you can try their pick'em games where you string together higher or lower on their projections for rushing yards, receiving yards, fantasy points, all that good stuff. I think if you get like four right, you 10 extra money. If you get five right, you 20 extra money. It's a fun way to sweat games. So if you're new to Underdog Fantasy, you can use promo code RON. I'll have a link in the description in the comment section down below. Promo code RON will take you to Underdog Fantasy or it'll give you a deposit match up to $100. The link will take you to Underdog Fantasy using that promo code. And you can try out this Pick'em Special with Bryce Young. You can go higher on the 0.5 total yards. I mean, it would be shocking if you went lower than 0.5 total yards. It's a nice way to get a freebie on your pick'em slip. So make sure you check that out. It's for all new customers. Now, uh, next up, we have our sell section of this video. And first up, we have Alvin Kamara. Now, we had him as a sell a couple of weeks back. We were maybe like one week early. He had the blow-up game versus the Colts, and everyone was like, Ron, you said to sell Alvin Kamara. You're an idiot. He doesn't look great at this point, to be honest with you. And I think that he's still holding like top five running back value, and that's why he's a sell to me. Uh, you have Jamal Williams back, and he's clearly a factor here. You can see. So Alvin Kamara, 79% of the s snaps in week six. And then Jamal Williams back in the fold, 72%. Jamal Williams still working back up. Now we're at 58% of the snaps for Alvin Kamara. Now, just a reminder, this table here uh, is from My Fantasy Life. It's over on Matthew Berry's site, Fantasy Life. It's uh, engineered by Dwayne McFarlane. It's a really cool uh, tool that kind of shows you usage uh, over given weeks. And you can see Jamal Williams has now worked all the way back up to 42% of the snaps, which then also in turn give Alvin Kamara season lows in snap share, touches, fantasy points with just 11 in this game here. Rush attempts all the way down to 35%, routes down to 50%, targets at 16% is not terrible. But the thing that's really hurting him is Jamal Williams is taking away long down and distance snaps. You can see, so LDD, that's like third and long, second and long, long down and distance. And Kamara was at just 33% in week nine, with Jamal Williams actually being the preferred back in those situations at 67%. Now, Kamara still has the, the two-minute drill snaps, so you have to understand he's getting a lot taken away by Jamal Williams here again. Jamal Williams at 40% of the snaps. So now you have almost a, I would call it like a 55-45 split. And then on top of that, you have Taysom Hill taking 11 carries and taking goal line carries last weekend. So you're now getting taken, you know, you're now getting your 
volume taken away from two sides. You have Jamal Williams taking between the 20s touches and then also, shockingly, long down and distance snaps. And then on top of that, you have Taysom Hill taking away red zone carries. That's a tough environment to be a top five running back in. I know that he's been great, uh, but if he's still valued as a top five running back, I would sell on that price. To me, he's like a fringe RB1 rest of season with this usage. Now, we look at what you can buy him for on Fantasy Calc. I imagine you can get a nice little bit for Alvin Kamara here. If we search up what's going on here, you have uh, Alvin Kamara for Stephon Diggs all day long. Um, I would do that. You could do Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara for Alvin Ross St. Brown. I would. I would do Alvin Kamara for Bijan in a piece. I would want something on top of Bijan. Um, Alvin Kamara for Alvin Ross St. Brown in a piece. I don't know how that works, but I would. Uh, Alvin Kamara. If I could do Alvin Kamara straight up for Jonathan Taylor, I would. Um, if I could maybe get a piece on top of Jonathan Taylor, I would love that. What else stands out here? Kamara for Swift and Laporta. I would do that, but that's not like something that I think you have to do. Um, Kamara and Jerome Ford. If you can add a piece to Kamara and get up to McCaffrey off of buy, I would love that a ton. Kamara for Saquon and a piece. I don't hate it. Hate that. Uh, is there anything else that sticks out here? I'm looking for like. Kamara for Pollard in a piece looks nice. Again, Kamara, if you can add to Kamara to get McCaffrey, I don't think that's going to happen in most spots, but I would. Kamara for Kelsey, I would. Um, Kamara, I'm trying to see if there's any of those like big name running backs here uh, that would be really nice to go after. Because I'm telling you, I think if you can turn, yeah, if you could do like Kamara for Bijan Laporta, like that's absolutely beautiful. Um, those type of moves. Again, I'm not selling Kamara for chump change, but if you can get somebody that if we like redrafted today would be like a first or second round pick, I personally would. Now, if you want to hold on Kamara and just write out his production, uh, I have no issue with that. Now, our second sell of the day is Christian Kirk here. Uh, Christian Kirk is the wide receiver 21 in points per game. He is the wide receiver 38 in volume. You can see, based on his expected points per game, he's in this area with like Pickens and Dobbs and London and Zay Flowers and Zay Jones and Michael Thomas. Now, Addison's there, but Addison's been very good. Um, as a rookie, you get more and more volume as you go. Uh, Christian Kirk, to me, is just someone who's valued as like a fringe top 24 wide receiver when he's more of like a flex play at this point to me just based on what his volume says and then on top of that he's coming off a down game where Calvin Ridley looked really good they go into the bye they're getting Zay Jones back and we talked about this weeks ago people are going to say oh well correlation isn't causation whatever here's the thing with Calvin Ridley with Zay Jones out Zay Jones is the ex-wide receiver in this offense so he's very much like the Gabe Davis Mike Williams in this offense when he's removed you're not taking Calvin Ridley who's more of like a Stephon Diggs Keenan Allen type and you're asking him to run ex-wide receiver routes and clear out downfield to open up things underneath for Evan Ingram and Christian Kirk. And that's the role that he's been in since Zay Jones got hurt. Now, Zay Jones is back after bye. He's going to be back in his usual ex-wide receiver role, and that's going to let Calvin Ridley move over to the Z flanker role and let him operate like a Stephon Diggs like he usually does. And that's going to really funnel a lot of targets from to Calvin Ridley. It's going to funnel some targets to Zay Jones in the, in the proper role that he's used in. And you have Christian Kirk fighting with Evan Ingram for those like short intermediate routes and targets. So he's really been underperforming that volume. You can see here Calvin really 16.6 points per game in games with Zay Jones, 6.7 without him. So he's very good in games with Zay Jones. Zay Jones is back. So to me, if I could sell Christian Kirk, I would, I think there is still a market for Christian Kirk where people are like, oh yeah, he's like a, a top 24 wide receiver. That's a good thing to, to trade for. Now I think he's going to be usable and someone you can flex moving forward. But if I could cash out in any capacity, I would be looking to do so. Now, when we look at what trades he's going for, I mean, Christian Kirk Keen, Keen Allen, I don't think that's actually on the table here. But if you can do, yes, like this is perfect, man. 
if you can do Christian Kirk and Gus Edwards, Jerome Ford, Rashad White uh, for Jonathan Taylor all day long. I am doing that all day long. If you can take Christian Kirk, I would actually do this. Even though it says like you're losing or whatever, Christian Kirk and Madison for Devin Achan, I would do that all day. Again, Rashad White and Christian Kirk, like that's a perfect two for one to get. I don't know that you can get Jefferson, but something in that range of like Keenan Allen, Amon Ross St. Brown, Jonathan Taylor, Brees Hall, Bijan Robinson, uh, Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk in a piece for Keenan Allen all day. Uh, Christian Kirk. That probably is it in terms of things that I think look good. Christian Kirk for Aaron Jones is close, but if I needed a running back, I wouldn't hate it. Now, after that, we have our final sell candidate here, and that is Gus Edwards. Now, Gus Edwards isn't someone like you have to get off of your team. Uh, I know a lot of you guys have been watching us since the offseason. If you have a hero RB or a zero RB team, and Gus Edwards is in your RB1 or RB2 spot every week, just ride it out. Just ride it out. But if you are one of these teams where you have like a Brees Hall, Travis Etienne, uh, RB1, RB2, or like, you know, Bijan, ETM, something like that. No reason to have Gus Edwards in your flex spot. Um, I, I, I don't, I, I just don't know how long it's going to be sustainable for him to be a startable running back. Keen Mitchell is like genuinely a threat to make Gus Edwards go from 60% of the rushes in the goal line stuff to 30% of the, the rushes and then all the goal line stuff, which is still good, but it's, you know, it, he goes from someone who's like a, a top 24 option this week to kind of like what Kareem Hunt's role is, which like is more of a shaky RB3. So if I could capitalize him being really good over his last three games, I would. He scored six touchdowns in his last three games. Over his last three games, he's at 22.7 points per game, the RB4 in fantasy football. But you can see that X point per game volume, so, or column, where it's just volume, you can see Gus Edwards sticks out, right? Where everybody else is above 15 points per game in the expected points per game column. Gus Edwards among the top 12 running backs over the last four weeks is not the same in terms of volume here. So, or the last three weeks. So it, it's just something to sort of look at. RB4 in points per game, he's the RB21 in expected points per game over that span. And I think that his expected points per game is going to go down with Keaton Mitchell on his heels here. Now we look at what Gus Edwards goes for on Fantasy Calc. We see... Oh, I love this. If you can do Gus Edwards in like a, a, a piece to go get Devontae, I absolutely love that. Again, you're going to do a two-for-one with Gus Edwards. No one's going to just want Gus Edwards off of your team. You're going to have to add him to somebody, but Gus Edwards and Kirk for Jonathan Taylor. We looked at that one. I love that. Uh, Gus Edwards, I would love a, a, a two-for-one, but Gus Edwards for Deontay, straight up, I would. Gus Edwards for Addison, straight up, I would. Uh, Gus Edwards for Ramondre, straight up, I would. Gus Edwards and Nico Collins for Devin Achan, I would. Edwards for Pittman, I would. Um... So you can see, like, two-for-ones, I absolutely love it. Again, like, this to me is perfect. Like, Nico Collins and Gus Edwards for A-Chan, like we said. Um, and then the other one I really liked was Gus Edwards and Kirk for Jonathan Taylor. Something like that. If you can use Gus Edwards as a sweetener in a two-for-one, I think that makes a ton of sense. Now, that's going to do it for us today. As always, I have my rest of season rankings live. I posted them yesterday. If you're making trades and you kind of want to see what how I value players. I have my rest of season rankings, like my top 150 every week that comes out. That's live right now on Patreon, patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. And again, remember, we have a nice little Bryce Young promo going on on Underdog Fantasy. Just use promo code Ron and they'll match your first deposit up to $100. So with all that being said, hope you guys enjoyed. Again, I think we only have one trade target video left. I do enjoy making these for you guys. Um, so we'll see what we do after that. We'll probably maybe shift into dynasty trades or maybe we'll just do uh rest of season stuff we'll see now as always i appreciate you guys watching and i'll see y'all in the next one
stones, uh, like this froze, uh, ice cold, uh, oh, oh, uh, ice around my body like I'm